Calcio Connection. Inter just completed a 5-1 to one victory against Udinese. And more importantly, the Scudetto celebration is happening at the Giuseppe Meazza. Uh, there were about 1,000 fans who were actually allowed in to watch the game. I'm sure there are countless thousands that are outside, you know, the Curva and all the ultras outside celebrating. So it, it really is a cool sight. Uh, they're presenting the trophy now. Players are on stage, you know, receiving their medals. And there's probably going to be like another... <laughs> 30 minutes of photo ops out there. So the Scudetto is now official. Alex Dono alongside Gary Mancini, as always. And we are joined by our friend Mikey from Brothers of the World. We're waiting on a couple more who are going to hop in throughout. Uh, I think Anthony Privatera is going to hop in a little bit later. Uh, our friend uh, Natale Frangione may uh, may hop in a little bit as well. Sent, uh, sent out the invites to a few Interisti. Uh, and so, you know, Jerry... Uh, let me get your thoughts, man. And of course, you're representing Lazio, who play later on today. Uh, and we've got a lot of big games coming up in the afternoon slash evening as well, man. I mean, you have Champions League positions being decided with Milan's match, uh, Juventus, Napoli today, three teams fighting for two Champions League spots. But, you know, Jerry, I know you're going to be writing your takeaway piece for Serpents of uh, Madonina after this match. Uh, it was a pretty interesting one, especially that goal that Romelu Lukaku scored, which is like one of the greatest freaking things ever. After that, uh, the Perisic cross hits the bar, just like, oh, his head, doink, he's right there. So I love that. How you doing, Jerry? Not bad. Just watching the ceremony now. and I know that oh, the captain has to come out last, but I just think that Rinocchia should have been the guy to come out for what he's been in through the last decade. And, he's the only guy remaining from their last championship that they won. So that speaks highly of what he's meant to this club and what he has been had to oh, endure. Like they're going to pop you know, the champagne like by the way. Before, Mikey, <laughs> how many times he's been like sent on loan, coming back and, and just playing like a substitute role to a starter role. He was the captain, lost it to, uh, I believe, uh, Icardi. I think he, Icardi took over the uh, captain's armband, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, I may be wrong about that, but yeah, just just so many things that are actually Samir Hendanovic, sorry, but um, yeah, just so many things that have uh, have gone through this club, but it's well deserved for them, man. And I'm just really curious to what's going to happen next season. But I guess that's that's the last thing that Inter fans want to think about right now. I think it's just more celebrating today, and then tomorrow, the questions of Conte will be will be answered. I I believe. Yeah, you know, it's funny, Mikey, how, like, uh, I've noticed over the last week or so, it's been an eventful week even off the pitch for Inter, as, by the way, beautiful, beautiful scenes uh, we're watching. Maybe a lot of you are, are watching the Scudetto celebration as you're watching us, but they're they're hoisting the trophy right now. Handanovic was the first one to lift it up. They, they were popping the champagne, so the champagne was flying all over the place, confetti flying over, all over the place. Oh man, uh, Big Rom is getting emotional. I just uh, they, they just showed Romelu, and, and he was like, uh, he's crying tears of joy. It's fantastic. So they have the celebration happening right now at the Meazza. But Mikey, it's been an eventful week as well off the pitch for Inter, reportedly securing a, a giant cash infusion on a loan from Oak Tree. Um, you know, which has obviously led to uh, a lot of speculation. You know, you got certain sectors of the Italian media like, oh, are they ever going to be able to pay this back? Are they going to become owners? And how many players are they going to have to sell? 
You know, it is what it is. And also, we've been hearing for like a couple of weeks, which really goes to show you nobody really knows what's going on. Because, yeah, at some point, and I think it's going to happen very soon, you know, uh, Steven Zhang is going to sit down and have his meeting with Conte, going to have his meeting with, you know, the directors, with, with the technical staff, and they're going to decide how to move forward. But I kept seeing these reports like, oh, the meeting was supposed to happen uh, this past Thursday, which didn't make a lot of sense. I mean, why would you do it like two days before the final match of the season? Why wouldn't you wait till after the year? So, so many times the Italian media just kind of throws darts at a dartboard. They have no freaking clue what's going on. But I mean, uh, w w w what was your takeaway, Mikey, after we found out about the loan secured from Oak Tree? Um, it was coming, wasn't it? I mean, it's been talked about for months now. Um, it was just about who it was going to come from, really. Um, slight plug um the last episode of brothers of the world that we did we had on a guy um bernard and he knows like he's a big finance guy and we broke down like all the different contingencies all the just ended the stream but they broke down like we well we broke down everything that could go on like if these guys come in the continuity that comes from that um even if they do become owners, just everything that needs to, you know, continue at the club and with this loan, everything is going to continue and everything is going to be able to, you know, go on. I mean, it's business as usual. Of course, you're not going to spend all of the, what was it, 275 mil or like three, somewhere in that ballpark. Like mm -hmm. not, not all of that's going to go on transfers or anything like that. Most of that's just going to be running the club. But I mean, it does secure you a couple of, you know, smart transfers if you're like working well enough. Um, we'll be cutting some salary, so that'll be some players out. But regardless, it's a great deal for Inter. It means that you can continue to build on what you've had this season. And all the most important thing is you get to probably to keep Antonio Conte. Like after that meeting, I'm sure it'll just be like, a summit they'll probably go in it'll be all right these are the expectations we can guarantee you that we'll keep your core players but these are the players we're looking at getting rid of what can you do with this um i don't see why conte would want to leave now especially with all that secured so i think the loan that they're getting is just the best thing for the club yeah, Anthony Privatera, we welcome him in as well from Inter Worldwide so we got a nice happy Nerazzurri family here um any prediction, Anthony, on Conte? Because again, you're you're always going to see these like CDS reports and stuff. Oh, you know, Conte might leave, and then if he leaves, Lukaku's going to leave, and Lautaro's going to leave, and they're they're going to get relegated next year. They don't have any money, so you see stuff like that all the time. And obviously, last summer we did have a legitimate saga with Conte when they had that meeting at uh, Moratti's villa. And But this was also pretty bad reporting by the Italian media because the Italian media, everyone was saying, oh, no, Conte's going to leave and Allegri's going to come in. And then, oh, lo and behold, Conte ends up staying. Uh, so, you know, really, nobody really knows. And I actually think that – and people love to – to criticize, you know, Suning Inter's ownership. And listen, I'm sure that there is probably some criticism that is deserved. But for the most part, these guys don't leak a whole lot. Like, they're, they're, they're not, you know, because I think you see this more from Italian pres presidents and Italian ownerships where they really love to kind of use the Italian media. Um, Suning doesn't use the Italian media. They don't give them a lot of breadcrumbs. Like, they don't really tell them their intentions. So the Italian media has to grasp at straws and just kind of, you know, kind of, kind of come to their own conclusions. Uh, so, I mean, how confident are you, Anthony, that 
Conte is staying for at least another season. Well, good to be back. What's going on, boys? Good to be here. Fantastic to see the Nerazzurri lift that trophy. It was a little bit surreal seeing as though it was wrapped up, you know, a couple of weeks ago. But that was really good to see just uh, there and then. To answer your question, I think it's highly likely that Conte is staying next season. I think there's a certain sense of security behind the back doors of the club where they almost know that they can make the media look silly just by withholding their own personal information and just bringing it out sequel by sequel, time after time. You know, as Beppe Marotta said recently, we control the narrative. Um, everybody else is just gra grasping at straws, like you said. So the injection of funds with Oak Tree, it's, it, it's good. It buys us time. People always need to remember Inter is a huge club with an identity that has uh, been around for a long time. Even in the worst of the worst cases scenario of Suning not being able to pay that loan back, we would just be taken over by a new company and a different cycle would start again, stress-free or not. I mean, we're Scudetto champions, we're Campione d'Italia for God's sake, Alex, and we still can't get a freaking break from the media. So it's never, ever <laughs> going to be easy, ever. Um, but yeah, just happy all together with the way things are going. And I fully expect an announcement soon um, with a meeting between Zhang and Conte and co just to set, set the next one to two years straight, at least basically to ease everybody's mind. Well, another thing, and, and obviously I, I can speculate, but I can't ultimately predict what happens in the transfer market. I'm not expecting big arrivals, but I'm also not expecting big departures. And another reason why that's so important is that, you know, not only are Inter returning next season as Scudetto champions, and, and there is a certain amount of of pressure to, you know, if not, you know, winning two in a row is not easy. I know Juventus made it look pretty easy winning nine in a row, but in reality, winning two Scudetti in a row is not easy, but you don't want to be, like, embarrassed and not put up a fight defending your Scudetto. And then the other thing is, like, they're going to be first pot in Champions League, right? So you really owe it to everyone at your club from the fans to the players to just the legacy of your club to at least give it an earnest try and I'm not saying win Champions League but to, to try and make a deep run to get into the knockout stages quarterfinals maybe even semifinals whatever it is so I mean to make big sales you know in a year where you're going to be first pot so you're going to have more than likely a favorable draw unless you get in one of those awful groups of death right but being first pot you know you're not going to you're going to be avoiding like the superpowers of Europe when you're when you're first pot in your Champions League group so there's a big opportunity there to at least be competitive and it's why you know if they if they were to end up like worst case scenario making big sales it, it would be extra extra disappointing uh but you know Mikey I'm, I'm curious so before you move on to actually what happened on the pitch today which is what I wanted to start on but we get so sidetracked with some of these big picture conversations I mean and even more like you you had Bernard uh, on your pod brothers of the world which I recommend everyone listen to listen to what do you think is like the most the, the most likely uh, sort of outcome for the transfer window coming up this summer? Do you think it's going to be basically like, you know, you give up some salaries to bring on new ones? Do you expect any big sales? How do you think this is going to go on? Um, I mean, you can even look back at seasons where there was more trouble around the club when FFP was more of a big deal. Things like that where you were forced to balance books at the end of the year. And we were able to get through that without selling any major players. So I don't expect any major player sales in this um, situation either. Um, yeah, there's going to be some salary shed. I mean, you look at everyone that started today. Um, Pinamonte is probably going to be gone. I think that could be a little bit of a boost in sales. Vecino is also a possibility. 
Um, Ashley Young's gone. Um, yeah, I mean, there's going to be guys leaving, but I think that there are going to be some transfers in, and if they're done right, then you're not going to be missing anything. I think this club doesn't miss a beat. Um, I think we're not going to see anything very marquee, like you're not going to get another uh, 70-something million euro transfer or anything like that, but I think there are going to be some interesting moves made, and I think it's going to better the club in the end, especially with someone like Beppe Marotta, and um, and give Auxilio, Pierre Auxilio, some credit too. I think all of these guys, like, really just are the best at what they do and that's always how it's going to be so it's going to be a great it's going to be a great summer because i mean we've got euros to watch now Copa america but also because inter is going to be doing some great stuff off the pitch i believe let's also welcome in uh, our man erickson fc himself mario galliano and a hey, mario we got an erickson goal I mean, it did it did take the deflection off the wall, but another free kick goal from Christian Eriksen. I love uh, I love Jerry's tweet today. Can, can we have a Cristiano Ronaldo could learn something on these set pieces from Eriksen, who's got a couple of goals today or a couple of goals this year from set pieces? Is Mario frozen? It looks Probably. like it. <laughs> he's, my, he's my either <laughs> Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Can you hear <laughs> yeah, me? I can hear you. Okay. Uh, my, my connection's being weird right now. I don't even know. Well, let me try to rejoin. <laughs> what a contribution. I'm going to kick you can figure out. <laughs> but, you know, on that note, Jerry, I, I want to pick it up from the match itself today. And obviously, it was all about the Scudetto celebration, you know, for, for the past four games. Uh, Inter haven't really had anything to play for, except, of course, last week we did a live stream during the Juventus match, which was, you know, an opportunity to try and play spoiler for Juventus's Champions League qualification. It didn't go Inter's way for a number of reasons, including being one of the most horrifically officiated games I've ever seen. Uh, so that was, you know, an opportunity missed to play spoiler there. Uh, but today it was all about the celebration and Inter's attack really showed up. Jerry, I mean, you got we got goals today. A nice one, just eight minutes in from Ashley Young. The aforementioned Christian Eriksen with the direct free kick. Lautaro Martinez, who had boy, did he have a freaking heated matchup with Bacau? You know uh, that that was that was great. Lautaro ends up scoring on a penalty kick. Perisic scored at the 64th minute. Lukaku had uh, a worldie, the the goal of the year, uh, to close off the scoring for Inter. So, what what was your take on what we saw on the pitch today? Stefano Sensi. That's my first take. Yeah, that's terrible. I'm glad you brought that up. That's my first take of the whole game. This guy can't stay healthy if his life depended on it. The guy could even last a half. It's he's in doubt to play in the Euros now. I I I feel bad for him. I really do because the moment he's healthy and he's playing two, three games, he he shows a lot of positive signs on the pitch. But um I have no idea what Mario is doing, but anyways. Um, <laughs> but the problem is that he makes one sudden move, even on himself, he gets hurt. So, like, before he can even beat a player, he can't even help – like, he just can't help himself. It's it's sad. It, that was like – if you see the play of how he got hurt, it was just him. He just pulls up and that's it. Yeah, hamstring. So, yeah, like, it, it's – I don't see this guy having a long career. It's sad to say, but uh, I know I know he's young. But if, if he has this amount of injuries every year, 
he's lucky if he can give a team five games in, in a full in a full season. And it's unfortunate because every time we we start to see him get some consistent playing time, he starts to show positive signs. He he he's really creative in the midfield. He can win challenges and all that stuff. But the minute he gets hurt, it, it you know everyone just comes back to reality and says, "Oh, this is not something new." What do we do? Like maybe this is the guy who interprets with with this summer and, and figure a way to sell him and make something on him. And hopefully they can use that money to, to revamp their squad in an area that needs a lot of help. So that's just one option. Like you guys were saying before of the funds that you need. Right. So are you loan him out something? Well, and honestly, there's a good chance um, he goes to. There's a sorry to interrupt. There's a good chance he goes to Shakhtar Donetsk if yeah, Tzed goes there. He might re-sign him, but you know, I'm worried after that injury today. That puts him out too. of Euros as well. So I don't know, bro. It's a tough one now. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with, I'm with Anthony a thousand percent because like it's, it's a problem. And obviously, if this was a guy who never got hurt before and he just pulled up with a hamstring today, it's maybe no big deal. But with him, it's a pattern. I mean, you've had a a two year pattern of him suffering muscular injury after muscular injury after muscular injury so in the case of sensi you know my my hope would have been and yeah this is a guy that you know his lack of availability may, would tell me that I, I wouldn't really mind parting ways with him if they could make a profit and reinvest that in the squad and and like anthony said Shakhtar could be an option with the Derby that that's something and because and he's getting linked to all these former Sassuolo players and current Sassuolo players in, in some cases uh, that he managed before there. So, yeah, it's something to watch out for. But in this case with Sensi, this guy already has a pretty bad, bad injury history the last two years in Serie A. And you throw in another hamstring that may, like Jerry said, it may cost him the Euros. So if he can't play in the Euros because a good Euro campaign for him could have been like another audition to make good for a transfer to really impress the Shakhtar directors and whatever directors might be interested. And now with him being injured on the final match day, he may not be going anywhere because you're not going to part ways with him on a cut rate price where you're not making a profit. So uh, they, they just may have to hold on to him. And then kind of the first half of next year becomes a whole new audition. I want to, I want to add something that Mikey said on Twitter, actually, he said that, the chances were that he probably would even be playing in the Euros. And, and, and no, I, I agree with that. Yeah. But I think the bigger question is that he was still a good depth option. He's still a good player to call off, call off the bench if someone gets hurt. Like he's still a reliable option. That's a one midfielder that we now lose. And and, and, he, and even with Mark Verratti is not 100% either. That's two midfielders. Right. So I, I agree with what you're saying. He would never have been the starter, 100%. But these are players that we want to have just as a backup option. Cause yeah, really what I was saying, it was just in jest. It was, I mean, this guy, no, like said, he can't get more than two matches like without pulling, pulling up with something. So he could, even if he goes to the Euros and like gets fit again, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see him still in the group stage, you know, pull up again. And then that's that. No, he can't it, be relied on at all, man. He, he can't be relied no. on going into yeah. next season. That's the bottom line. Yeah, for sure. Which is really sad. I mean, we've seen, I mean, it's been since like October of 2019 since we've seen it, but he's a very talented player. Like he's a pleasure to watch when he's on his game, but if he's not on his game, if he's not fit, like all he's doing is just eating yeah. salary. And that's, that's not what you can have right now at a club like Inter who are trying to cut costs. You can't have liabilities who 100%. are going to be on, 
the training table more than they're going to be on the like pitch or the bench. Yeah. Yeah. So and just one more thing, sorry, Alex. And if if raising funds for Sensi is the best way to get someone like a Rodrigo DePaul, then you're just going to have to do it. You're going to have to be the big club in that situation. Behave like a big club. Act like a big club. Make tough decisions. I think the loan's going to be the most probably obvious option here. It, it, it frees off wages for a season and it, it just takes him off for one season and you go from there and you hope that wherever he goes, he's able to get his career back on track. Like that, that's the only option I see. No one's going to, is going to pay up for Sensi. Uh, he is young, so he does have upside, but it, it's, it's tough. Like, I think the, the loan option will probably be the most obvious realistic option for them, but there's always a possibility of someone doing a swap deal. Maybe, maybe a swap deal comes in. Someone makes a swap move for sensing. You get something in return. That's, that's another option. So I want to go uh, around the table. I'll start with, uh, with Anthony, Mikey and, and Jerry, uh, Anthony, what are you, what are you going to remember most about this Scudetto season? Cause it, it's such an interesting one, you know, given what's going around the world and, and the unfortunate part of it is, you know, you couldn't get because even before this Scudetto season for several years, Inter have had top attendance in Serie A. So it's it's unfortunate that we couldn't have, you know, the last, you know, couple of home matches like the 80,000 in the stands with the full celebration, which is really what these guys deserve. But, you know, some of the images we had, you know, a few weeks ago after the Scudetto was officially secured, seeing all the fans celebrating in the streets of Milano, in the Piazza del Duomo, and, and just all the awesome times, and then the great scenes that we had with the trophy celebration today. And, like, for me, a big memory will be, uh, you know, I know the hard times so many have had around the world, especially in the city of Milan, because that was for, for so long at the start of the pandemic was the epicenter of COVID for a while, you know, has had second and third waves there. The people there have dealt with a really, really tough time in that city. So I can't imagine what a sense of relief it was to be able to get that enjoyment. And I know sports isn't everything like people in their lives. The last 15 months have dealt with, you know, actual tragedy, you know, and economic hardships and, and hardships with their health. So I'm not saying that sport makes up for that completely. Of course, it doesn't. But to be able to have a year like this where you're going through so many tough times, but you also have a Scudetto to celebrate and they're going to end up uh, securing it by no less than 10 points at the end of the day is really special to me. Anthony, what are you going to remember this Scudetto season for most? I'm, I'm going to remember a lot of grindy Antonio Conte-esque 1-0 victories and 2-1 victories and just games that really assured me that this team was onto something special. Well, I had my doubts just like any other Inter fan. I was waiting for the collapse. I was waiting for the crumble in January and February, but it just didn't come, Alex. And that was That's what I'll remember this season for, for just spending all hours of the night up waiting for poor results that I've become so used to seeing over the years and not seeing those results actually happen. It's, it was so freaking good every single time. Highlights, most importantly, that 2-0 victory over Juventus was something else for our domestic campaign in terms of propelling us forward. But we also collected a lot of important points against bigger sides along the way, like those three points against Lazio, the 3-1 result, the 1-0 against Atalanta, uh, the 1-0 against Napoli, and then, of course, winning the Derby 3-0. I think after that, no real Interfan was looking back after that one, man. So... There's a few real good significant moments to look back on and this trophy celebration just... I've also really enjoyed Intermedia House's YouTube content of making the squad look real like a tight knit 
together unit. Yeah. And I think that's really what's got us over the line this season, as you said, by 10 points or so, is just this is a real unified squad. In my opinion, the most unified squad in the league. So I would say that's definitely um, my highlights personally for the season. And um, I'm just going to say I'm going to dip out right now and head back on to Inter Worldwide. So thank awesome. you so much, Alex, again, for having me on Cultural Connection. It's always such a pleasure. So peace, Jerry, Mikey. I'll speak to you all soon. Forza Inter, Campione yeah, d'Italia. Congratulations. Yeah, and, and something I'll, I'll pick up on something you said about Intermedia House and showing how tight knit the squad was. You know, you remember after that recent match when uh, when Conte subbed on and then subbed off Lautaro, everyone's like, "Oh my God, here's another crisis." Oh man, these guys hate each other now. Now Conte and Lautaro despise each other. Either Conte's going to quit or Lautaro's going to get sold. That's what the Italian papers were jumping on any breadcrumb that they had. And then the next day in training, these guys are smiling and they're doing a fake boxing match. It's like, okay, so yeah, if, if, heat of the moment, my friends. We know Conte is a very emotional guy. Obviously, Lautaro is an emotional guy because you saw him out for blood against Rodrigo Bacao today. So Lautaro, he's, he's, he's got a temper on him, Lautaro. Uh, but what, Mikey, what are you going to remember most about this Scudetto season? I'll remember Romelu Lukaku scoring a goal that Alexis Sanchez just banks across off his face and that's how he scores. Nah, but actually, but actually, um, it just for me has been watching the transformation of like all the inter teams that I can remember, which of course have not been the greatest. Um, just the shift of being like, wow, these guys are unserious to wow, this is the way that a real serious club with winners and mentality, all that stuff. This is the way that a club like just carries them on and off the pitch. Like there were times where, you know, we'd go down, especially early in the season, which I mean, I was a little more shaky on, but anytime like we didn't score first, I was like, all right, this is cool. This is fine because th this team's not going to crumble. Like I'll remember finally having that feeling that Inter aren't just going to throw it all away and that I got to watch a campaign that, yeah, I mean, it had its bumps, but I mean, from, like start to finish, it was just absolutely amazing. Well, how about this, Jerry? We got uh, Dino throwing some heat in there. Uh, he's he's defending you, though. You remember uh, we've had in a couple of recent episodes, Rocky Bobby has made an appearance, and Dino writes in, never let Rocky Bobby in this broadcast again. He has no respect for Jerry, and he praises <laughs> false prophets like Luigi. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I you know so you know, now, 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 Rocky is our dude. We love that guy. But the funny thing is, Jerry, so, I mean, like, you know, pe people don't understand, like, why why he defends Murici. And I can even remember, like, Jerry, you and I are in uh, in a in a group chat with a bunch of Calcio fans. And it's a lot of, like, it's it's a big mix. Like, there, there's a couple of Lazio fans in there, a guy, Nando. There's a couple of Milan fans. Juventus fan, yeah, there there is at least one Juventus fan in there. Uh, I, I think I might be the only Interisti in there, to be honest. I get freaking ganged up on all the time. We got Napoli fans in that, Roma fans in that chat, and like they they heard our last episode with Rocky Bobby, and they're like asking the chat, like, who is that dude who keeps defending Murici? Like, well, what, what is his deal? Like, why is he defending Murici? So we we've had to like explain this all around, and our guy Dino he points it out, Jerry. Rocky Bobby put a lot of pressure on you to try and accept Vidat Murici. Have you accepted him? Have you have you come around to the fact that he's an incredible player? You've been wrong all along. He he had a good performance against Torino on Tuesday, but 
Then I was thinking, I was gonna, I was gonna tweet out some love for him. I, I told him in a, in a chat, I was like, he played well. But here's the thing: Torino defended, and if you're gonna have eleven guys sit back, it allows Marici to, to be effective because he can play inside the box. He can play to his strengths. Had, had Torino been attacking, and I don't think he probably wouldn't been as productive as effective um i'm not sold on him i know that the transition to the city uh, hasn't been great for him but here's the thing i know that chido immobile is a great laziale i know that he is a city player who's been productive for five straight seasons i also know that he fails to show up when it comes to the niazuri sorry azuri and, and and when it comes to italy but that's the difference is that Rocky has to accept that he's a failure in City A. It's not about transition. It's just that he hasn't been good. It's, it's just you gotta be you gotta be true to yourself. Do I think that me mobile will have a good Euros? I, I personally do think so because I hope so. I, I do I do believe that this is a guy who who can ha, who has a lot of upside as compared to Marici. I hate where people say he keeps saying that Immobile is the failure and Marici is, is the, the, the true guy and you know what, man? When Immobile doesn't play for 90 minutes, guess what? He's scoring a banger still. That's that's the thing. That's the difference between Marici and Immobile is that he can disappear in certain games, and Immobile knows how to show up when his team needs him most. Marici shows, doesn't show up for 90 minutes, and that's it. It's plain and simple. He's just outright garbage. Um, as for Immobile's summer, guys, I, I do believe he's going to have a better – campaign um playing under roberto mancini a real manager now for euros i know that people are saying he's been with the club for, been with italy for x amount of years this is going to be his first big tournament roberto mancini and i think that that's really important for all players not just immobile where there's a guy who has an identity who has a philosophy who has a mindset compared to ventura who just ruined everyone he's terrible like, as much as Immobile should have scored probably for that team, Insigne, wasn't it Insigne who was left off and didn't wasn't, wasn't allowed to come on the pitch and, like, stuff like that can hinder a guy like Immobile who's not being played. You're bringing De Rossi on. Like, that, that, that doesn't help your striker, man. Like, those are players that are not going to help him in order to score. So I, I do believe that he's, he's matured. I think the maturity level has grown on him. Um. As much as I don't think he's captain material, I, I do think that the maturity level has grown, so that helps. Um, but as for Marici, he, it's the same situation as Stefano Sensi, where instead of him being injured, he's just outright garbage. And what do you and, and what do you do now? Like it's gonna be a low move. I, I saw that Fenerbahce is still wants to bring him back. I would love to see him go back. But we'll, we'll see. There's a lot. Of, as much as Inter has a lot of questions, so does Lazio. Lazio's in the same position because San Lanterna. Do you sell them? Does Latito sell Lazio? He's, he's got a deadline coming up on selling San Lanterna, yeah, right? At the end of the month. Yeah, June 25th. So uh, yeah, next month. Got an extension, but still, I I'm 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 on the side. Why not sell Lazio? You can get more money. You don't know these things. And, and if, when he sells one of the clubs, let's say he does keep Latin, he sells his other club, does he inject that money into the team now and buy players? Like, does that help? Is that allowed? Like, no, it's not allowed because is it's it not allowed? 
Uh, no, because it's it's got to be. Well, I mean, listen, m- m- maybe you, you find a way to like uh, you you kind of uh, launder it or embezzle it. Like you you, try, you 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 do the you do the old like PSG move where you you do fake sponsorship <laughs> to hide the money, or because because it's like to inject money into like building Lazio, it would have to be like money that is generated by Lazio. Like you can't just sell another business and then say, okay, I'm gonna pump those funds in now maybe you can get away with more right now because um you know they they've really been uh, like suspending financial fair play because so many of these bigger clubs are are in you know they're 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 not uh they, their balance sheets aren't looking good because of the pandemic and so obviously uefa is is going to say hey like if, if we don't allow clubs like real madrid and barcelona and Juventus to spend money, that's going to ruin like all of our, you know, our, our whole, uh, the whole bubble is going to pop. So, th- so they've been a lot more lenient on financial fair play. So maybe, maybe if there's ever a time Lotito can get away with something, the time is now. Well, see what happens. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, and, 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 and by the way, uh, do l- let's do uh, predictions real quick because we've got a lot of big matches coming up. Uh, in the uh, where we're all in Eastern time in the United States, so it'd be evening time over in Europe. But we have uh, the 2:45 p.m. slash 8:45 p.m. window coming up with you know two Champions League spots up for grabs for three teams. Yeah, you have uh, you have Atalanta hosting Milan, and obviously for Milan, they they control their own destiny. Like if they if they win, they're for sure in. The Atalanta just come off of the Coppa Italia final loss to Juventus. Some people are speculating, like, "Oh, they may now want to screw over Juventus and let Milan win." I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> Atalanta and Gasperini—they seem to enjoy humiliating Milan, right? So, especially at home. So, I, I don't expect them to take their foot off the gas or anything like that. So, if Milan are going to win, they're really going to have to earn it today. You know, Juventus are the only team that do not control their own destiny. They have what would seemingly be a winning, uh, a winnable game at Bologna. And Napoli, they also control their own destiny. They're hosting Hellas Verona today, which, given Napoli's recent form and Verona's recent form, I'm pretty confident in saying that's going to be a victory. So, Mikey, what, what do you think? Uh, which two of those teams get in and who's left out to dry? It's so tough, isn't it? Just because of the matchup with Milan and Atalanta, like that's just, it throws such a wrinkle into everything because. Atalanta, if they if they lose, they still have something to play for, like symbolically for the club. Because if they lose, they're not finishing second. And I have right. a friend actually, like a supporter of Atalanta, and I was talking, we were talking after the Copa, and he was like, "I want to destroy Milan now." And I was like, "Well, if you do that, Juventus are most likely in the Champions League. So what do you want?" And he was like, "Ah, oh, this is so tough." But <laughs> to go back, I think that the teams that control their destiny will ultimately do their, their business. I think we've seen it uh, a lot this season. Well, saw it yesterday, I guess I'll say, with um, who was it? Uh, Atleti and Real Madrid in yeah. Spain. Uh, both, well, Atleti controlled their own destiny. Real needed to win. Both teams got the results that put them in the best positions. But, of course, Atleti wins out there. So I think it's going to be something similar. I think – it's going to be you're going to have all this shuffling like you're going to have one minute where Milan's in Juve's out and then a goal's going to go in and it's going to switch around but then it's going to switch again i mean we've seen it with inter we've we've been looking on the outside of the champions league with 14 minutes left in our season 
So it's going to be a big deal. It's going to be really fun to watch. I'm going to be split screening it uh, with the multicast on ESPN+. Um, I'm also going to try to have um, a good shout for another league. I'm going to try to have PSG and Lille, their games on my laptop. Yeah. And I'm going to try because, I mean, as an Inter fan, there's a little bit of interest there to maybe see Mauro Icardi lose out on league on the same season <laughs> that Ivan Perisic, who he had all the beef with, wins and scores a banger of a goal today. That's uh, a great shout. Yeah. yeah. Fuck you, Cardi. <laughs> Jerry, I know I know you and I, we talked about this a little bit on our last episode. I don't know if your opinion has changed. I'm still going to stick by. Um, I, I think it's going to be Napoli and Juventus who get in. I think they both win their games today, and I, I think Milan are going to nope. lose to Atalanta. Now, I would prefer – I would prefer uh, – Juventus to be the team who doesn't get in like uh, you know I, I would prefer actually not Napoli I've enjoyed watching them especially the second half of the season and since Olsen men has been healthy it's been it's been really a show they've been putting on so I want Napoli in um, and I'd prefer Milan in over Juve but I think it's going to end up being Napoli and Juve what do you think Jerry? Milan is going to win today because Hattabor is out and I believe Golsens is out that is massive their wingbacks are are what makes this team successful um Earlier in the season, they were both out against Lazio, and Lazio won, I believe, 3-1. And we dominated that game because they were so ineffective without their wingbacks. Um, I would have to reconfirm, but I saw that uh, they are not healthy to play today, and they mm. have injuries. Uh, I just That's wonder. big. That's very big. But, um, wow. yeah, those, those, yeah, Hattabar is out. Ghost is in doubt. There we go. Wow. Yeah. To be so, fair, I mean, they won great with them in the Copa final. Like I was really disappointed at how Atalanta showed out in that final. I was really expecting them to really play their game and take it to a Juventus team who of course have struggled in defense, but they made, they made Chiellini look like he was rolling back the years. So, I mean, uh, I think Atalanta might, might not be that great today. I, I think I agree with you, Jerry. Yeah. Like that, as much as they they have, that's the thing. And I said that them playing on three games in a week, even though they're a decent team, like they have a lot of talent, I find that at times it really catches up to them. And a lot of people overlook this just because they've been so successful. And in, in, actually, I'm so happy they, won, they lost the fucking trophy. I don't even care that Juventus won it because to, to keep on hearing about Gasparini and what Gasparini's done and he's turned his team around, that's great. It's absolutely great. But the, guess what? Trophies is what matters at the end of the day. That's what fucking matters. I don't give a shit that this team made Champions League next year and they're the best team in Italy that can go in the Champions League. Yeah, well, guess what? When you can get to the quarterfinals, you can get to the semifinals again, you get where it matters, give me a call because yeah. I don't see this team going that far. They're, they're a decent team and, and probably have overachieved to what I thought they would do. So... I, I don't know. I I, I just don't – their strength is wingbacks. That's what they're able to basically beat all teams. They're very successful in that kind of play. Uh, I think Taylor Hernandez is going to be very effective today compared to last uh, Sunday. He, he He's going to have the upper hand now down on the wing. Um, I don't know who the opposite. I think Salamarkers is on the left side, if I'm not mistaken. I don't even know their fucking players and – their whole formation off the top of my head. I just know who plays. Two teams I know off by heart is Inter and Lazio, and it's freaking – the rest of the teams in the city I can give a hoot's ass. 
if you were to ask me going into next season, hindsight, like right now, who's going to win the Scudetto next year and who's the best Champions League team? It's Napoli. That's who I'm going with because they've endured, like they've had to battle with so many injuries. Um, they have a lot of depth on that team. It had they never had COVID and losing players all at once, and they just had so many obstacles that really hindered their season. And, and to be open-minded here, I think they're the best team who were the most active in the last two transfer markets. They did the best to, to upgrade their striking, their number nine position. They did really mm-hmm. good to revamp their back end. Uh, their, white, their right wing, they have like three great options. Like they're not in a, in a financial situation. This is a team that has that really needs to be looked out for next season, not Atalanta. Atalanta is always going to be a bridge gap team for me. Like they're always going to be that team that, gets into Champions League, but they, they always go through moments where they run out of goals, they, they, they just look lackluster, they don't perform when they're supposed to. They, how many points did they drop this season to like so many teams that they should have beaten? Um, that's just me for, for Atalanta. I think that's the team who will be the most effective in Champions League if they qualify. Well, like, Napoli are definitely going to be very dangerous if Allegri yeah. joins. Well, I, I think I think a top two today? finish for them for sure. I mean, well, whether they're winning the Scudetto, they're going to compete for it. I, I think they're going to be a top two team it's next Spalletti. year. They said now it's Spalletti today. Yesterday yeah. was three. IFTV yesterday said said uh, Allegri. Yeah, today, I mean, but the thing is, like, with, Spalletti tomorrow's Nutella is going to be fucking. Joy yeah, I, I honestly, I, I really, I really don't understand why uh, why they can't continue with Gattuso. Uh, and it's like it, it, it's not to say that. You know that I think he's a better manager than Spalletti, but I think stability is important. Oh, he's and better than Spalletti. The- Way better than Spalletti. I'm sorry, man. Like I think he's better than Spalletti. I, I know that Spalletti has tactics behind him, but this is a guy who doesn't cause. Sorry to interrupt you there. He no. just doesn't cause problems in the dressing room. That's he's- what I was going to say. Spalletti's Spalletti's a crazy person. Like yeah. you know, Spalletti. You think about the 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 the, the, the Totti saga at Roma. You know, and I'm not blaming him for the Icardi thing. I put more blame on Icardi, but Spalletti, you know, they they both dug in their trenches, and and Spalletti, I thought, made that situation even worse with Icardi. Uh, And it's actually looking back on that in, uh, what was it, 2018, 2019, it was a miracle that Inter even qualified for Champions League that year. That was Spalletti's second season, and it came down to the final match day because even though, like, the, the team made some moves in the transfer window that summer and, like, they got better on paper... There was so much fucking chaos behind the scenes with Icardi like just disappearing for two months. Like honestly, in hindsight, looking back on that season, it's a miracle they even qualified for Champions League with what went on there. And so, you know, people and then I give obviously some credit to Spalletti for that, but you don't think he's going to end up having issues with like Insigne and Aussie Like there's going to be some kind of drama there, I guarantee. But I got to I got to wrap it up on that note, fellas. It's been an awesome time talking with you both. And, of course, Anthony Privatera was on earlier. Uh, Mario Galliano popped in. I don't know what the hell that was. The guy is on, like, 1990s internet connection. So he he, he tried to pop in, like, two different times, but his dial-up uh, did not hold up. So, hey, Mi- Mikey, before we, uh, before we wrap up, man, let the people know where they can find uh, the great stuff you do with Brothers of the World. Uh, yeah, Brothers of the World podcast. Just look us up on Twitter. Um, we have an Instagram, too. Not many people know that part. Um, it's probably the – it's a pretty small Instagram, but we're trying to grow that. Just BOTW pod, um, just on anything, um, any place you listen to podcasts, any social media, 
Um, and then of course my writing with um, Serpents of Madonina, that's still a thing. Um, we'll have to, I think we'll be planning what we're gonna do going into the summer, but I'm pretty sure that we're gonna have some cool stuff going on over there in the summer. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, my, my handle's on here at MXHEL because the C, the just MCHEL is taken by an inactive, <laughs> inactive uh -huh. um, to a user from like 2013. But yeah, um, it's always great being on. Thanks. Thanks again. Our pleasure. And, and Jerry, uh, you're penning a piece later for Serpents of Madonina as well. And of course, uh, you write about Lazio. Let people know where they can find all your work. Oh, uh, yeah. Laziale. And Lazio in the Serpents of Mandanina, basically, is what I've been doing for most of the season now. Uh, a little bit of good time football news, but I, I do plan on writing some stuff for uh, for, the, for Inter and Lazio coming up. But, um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to watching Senna Lulic's last game versus Lazio today. Sorry, for Lazio today, I think it's it's a, it's, it's a departure now. He's going back to Switzerland. He's been... By far the, the le best left wing back, I would say, in the last decade in Serie A. Um, yep. There's no dispute for me on that one. Marco Parolo could be playing his last game as a Laziale after seven productive seasons. So, uh, as if everyone says about Inter, there's a lot of questions regarding to Lazio as well. This is a retirement squad, I call it. Uh, it's where the uh, a lot of these uh, old jammers, these guys, just come here and say goodbye but Lazio has to start looking to the future so we'll see what happens but if everyone's gonna be watching three key games I'll be watching uh, a meaningless game <laughs> so awesome well everybody uh you know I've seen a lot of uh, great Interisti who hopped in and they're celebrating they're popping their champagne uh enjoy it man I know that uh it wasn't like the all at once celebration because it's been like three weeks since we knew the Scudetto was secured. So, you know, the, the celebrations have been like paced out over time. But if you're having your, your second go around of celebrating today, enjoy it. Enjoy every second of it. And I, I love I love the images of the entire squad covered in confetti, hoisting the trophy. And listen, Jerry, I want that for Lazio someday again, man. It's been, yeah, uh, it's been a long time. I want to see you guys get that celebration as well. As long as it's you and it's not... Uh, Juventus and Milan anytime again soon. I would much prefer that for Lazio. Huge shout out to everybody who hopped in. Uh, Joe, Jammy, uh, Mahmoud, Dino, Sammy, Steffers, everyone who partook in the chat, everyone who joined us. We appreciate all of you guys. We'll talk to you guys next time. I think on Tuesday evening, we're going to do uh, Jerry and I another live stream with a great cast of characters. We'll talk to you guys next time on another episode of the Calcio Connection podcast. Ciao.